Hey everybody, I am a sports lover. I watched football all weekend. Amazing games. It's Patrick Mahomes. He's going to be all right, this fella. Sexy Big guy. games. By the way, NCAA is back. College basketball is going. College football is going. I love sports. Nothing more fun than throwing a few bucks on the ponies, watching the sports. Tyson fought this weekend. That was wild. I didn't see it, but it sounded like something. Winning season is back at my bookie. The best action in the business. New players will get their first deposit matched halfway up to $1,000. That's right. You put in a grand, you get 500 on top of that. Make your first deposit and get extra cash you can use on parlays, teasers, and props. All you got to do is use promo code TUESDAYS in order to claim your bonus. And the best part is that's only the beginning. My bookie has promotions all the time to keep you lapping up the competition. Isn't that right, Mark? Ooh, baby, you got that right. That's why at my bookie they call football season winning season. Check it out now. No risk. All gravy, baby. Don't forget to use the promo code TUESDAYS to claim your freebies. Visit mybookie.ag and use code TUESDAYS to get your first deposit matched halfway up to 1,000 smackers. Start winning now, folks, at mybookie.ag with my special, our special offer, code TUESDAYS. Get on it, folks. My bookie promotional talking points is not what I was supposed to say. But yeah, my bookie. Here, here. We love them. Enjoy this episode of Tuesdays with Stories. Woohoo! Hey, Mark, fake banter for the intro. That's all I know how to do. Great. Good to be here. Welcome to Tuesdays with Stories. Hit her in the face with a surfboard. And then the duck fell out of his bag. <laughs> Surf's up. And she didn't even flush. Knock, knock. Who's there? Mark Norman and Joe List. Yeah! This is Tuesdays with Stories, everybody. No, that's terrible. This is supposed to be cheesy. My radio is spitting at me. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Tuesdays with Stories. Stories. Hey, hey. Good to be here, folks. Queep it up. I think, I think, I don't think, I, I, I know, we're now... In our eighth year of doing what? the podcast, I oh, believe. Oh, that's crazy. That's too long. Maybe it's seven. I think it's eight. What? I think September of 2020 is seven years. So we're in our eighth year of doing the podcast. I feel like that's kooky. Something's up there. I think you're adding dates. You're adding years like a priest on a, on a police report. Well, September it, of 2014 eight. is one year, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20. Hmm. So that September of 2020 is our seventh year anniversary, and now we're in December. So this, so is, our, seven, this seven, is our eighth. Wouldn't that, oh, we're in the eighth year. We're in the eighth year. This is our eighth first week of December of the I podcast. I see. I thought you were saying we've done eight years. By the way, keep that lid on. Yikes. <laughs> I just ran out in the rain. It was brutal out there. That's why I'm wearing a hat. It's cats and dogs. You look like the Seinfeld's landlord in season eight. <laughs> <laughs> the people. Ah, oh, uh, Silvio? Yes. <laughs> Who's, uh, he's also in a couple things. He's in The Big Lebowski. 
Oh, wow, man. The Coen brothers. No one books uglier people than the Coen brothers. The Coen brothers are keeping ugly actors in business. And Woody, by the way, did quite a bit of work in that department, too. Uh, Alan? Alan, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yes. Wasn't sure if you're talking about the woodpecker or the guy from Toy Story. And then there's Guthrie. A lot of good Woodies. Harrelson, Guthrie, oh, yeah. Woodpecker, Allen. Yeah, decent Woodies. You can't be a Woody now because you don't want to ruin the the legacy. Well, everyone thinks Woody Allen's a kid fucker, but I don't think he's a kid fucker. He's just a, a daughter stealer, that's all. Hey, another one stealing a daughter, and uh, he makes a hell of a picture, uh, you know, barring the last 20 years. There's a couple good ones in the last 20, but uh, what a lot do you of got? trash. Barcelona and the other one? No, Barcelona stinks, but you got Midnight in Paris is fun. I mean, That's some of them are cute. okay. Scoop is bad, but I like it. I don't I know. I like Scoop. Uh, Match Point, fantastic. Love uh, the point. Cafe Society has got some moments. Um, uh, a little cutesy, precious, pretentious. I don't know. Give me a movie about New York and a Jew. I like anything else. That one's good. I liked anything else. Ricci and a small T wasn't uh, anything to sneeze at either. And no pants for a moment. By the way, Jason Biggs, not Jewish. Woody found out on the set. He was very upset. Wow. It's usually the other way around. You're like, whoa, whoa, you're Jew? Right. Um, speaking of that, Dr. Dre didn't know Eminem was white till he met him. No kidding. How about yeah, that? Yeah, he was like, ah, what the hell's this shit? Well, Stevie Van Zant has a uh, great guitarist, horrible actor. He's got a story about showing up to band practice with uh, Rod Stewart was on the cover of Rolling Stone, and he was like, Rod Stewart is white. And everyone was like, what? What? He's the whitest guy ever. He's the guy your mom has a crush on. Well, my mom has a crush on several black guys. She likes Alonzo Mourning and uh, Latrell Sprewell. She's got a choking fetish, but... <laughs> I think if you listen to Rod, he's got very sexy, soulful R&B voice, but I saw him in concert, and he kicked soccer balls into the crowd, and that's a pretty white activity. Oh, yeah, nothing whiter than a kicking a soccer ball, maybe maybe hitting a hockey puck or a badminton. But what about, uh, what's that guy's name, that hideous, hideous man who sings, Goodbye, a little help from my friends. Oh, Joe Cock. Cocky. <laughs> they thought he was a, a colored fella. Yeah, he's very soulful too, but I, I hate his little help from my friends. It's too much. It's all like <laughs> the song is supposed to be like da ba deep ba da ba da. It's it's a it's a straightforward jam, and this guy's doing a whole Yeah. What happened there? All of a sudden, you went cuckoo. It was like poltergeist. I bought, I bought a lamp, and I'm just testing it. Oh, all right. Uh, but yeah, yeah, cocky, he's, he's got some problems. Nah, not a cocker guy. I mean, You Are So Beautiful is nice, but write a second lyric, would you? I know, he's covering everything, this hack. Give, give me a, I, I get it, you're soulful and ugly, but uh, get a haircut and, a, and, a, and an original tune. Well, You Are So Beautiful, there's, there's eight lines total in the whole song. <laughs> it's just He's just repeating that and playing a note. I'm like, it's a sweet song, but give me a... You know, you got a nice pair of tits, you pussy sure. shaved, you are so beautiful. He's got right. one Swallow. line. Yeah, something. Good nips, great tongue, clam, gash, something. Yeah, I'm with you. But it's back in the day, you know, you could be a, a troll and put out a, an LP and nobody gave a shit. You know, you put a, a spaceship on the cover with a, like a, a, a weeping willow and you're an artist. Same with President. I mean, we had some, some nasty, fugly, fat fucks out there. That's true. 
Which is interesting because it, it feels like back in the day, you could have had a black president. No one would have known the difference. You could have just said, hey, here's a letter. Uh, here's what true. I think. Also, most black guys, especially back then, were named, you know, Beauregard, Cleveland, Washington, and Jefferson because they, they got raped by, you know, Papa, Papa Madison or whoever, the slave owner. So they all have the governmental names. Yeah, good point. And how about this, by the way? This is a little off subject, but in the in the area of race, my nephew, who's uh, twelve, he just told me this fact, and I did a little research. I, I mentioned it on stage, and everyone was like, "Oh yeah, there has not been." Do you know about this? There's not been a white cornerback in the mm-hmm. NFL since two thousand three. Wow, I did not know that, and I think it'd be weird if I did. Seventeen years, and I was thinking about it. I don't know if this is a, a bit or just uh, I'm an idiot, but there's plenty of white wide receivers. So it means maybe white people just can't run backwards. Is that something? Could ah, that be? That could be something. I've seen my dad try to run backwards to get away from a cat. He slips over a Lego. <laughs> I think there's something there. You don't see a lot of honkies doing the foxtrot. Yeah, there's no running back because I think running forward and cutting or slashing we can do, but I think it's that brief moment of, the back pedal that we just we're just not able to do it. I think as a as a as a race. Yeah, maybe it's also why a, a, a Negro had to come up with the moonwalk. We weren't doing <laughs> it. We weren't going. You know, we weren't going that way. We're all about going forward. Yeah, we walk forward, and which uh, is just an Earth walk, I guess. It's a Earth street walk. walk. Yeah, Planet Fitness, but also uh, a forward in basketball is always black. Interesting. Well, there's some good white ones in the, in the history. I mean, you got quite a few. I'm going to push back on this a little bit. We got oh, Larry Bird. Oh, you're going Bird, backwards. Larry Bird, Dirk Nowitzki, uh, Kevin McHale is the other guy. Oh, okay, maybe, maybe then maybe that supports your your original point that they always go straight forward. But I never saw him running backwards. Any of those guys? Maybe no. for a moment, like a slow backwards. Yes. You know what that reminds me of is uh, I was never a BMX cunt. I did. I was. A, I loved the X Games because you know it was the '90s. It was extreme. We were drinking a Mountain Dew and a Surge and getting hand jobs. But every BMX guy would go up a ramp and come down backwards, and he would have to whip around real quick, or he would oh. fall. It, 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 that's the same with the the whitey and the running. You got to whip around real quick. Interesting. By the way, did, I felt when X Games came out, I think we were like 12 or 13 the first year. I thought right away the. Um, what do you call it? The logo, the 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 font. It was all dumb right away. Yes, same, same. I, it was I, too I much. Thought, yeah, it was like ESPN two and ESPN two when it first came out it had like that two that was like a Zorro. ESPN yeah. two. It was all gay. I hated the whole thing right away. And it was always that slime green or that neon orange, and it was like, all right, all right, we get it. You're you're eating Doritos and 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 you know doing meth. Take it easy. Yeah, I wasn't an X Games guy at all. Wasn't there a big celebrity early on? He had big spiky hit like Chucky V. Wasn't that somebody? Or was he a decathlon guy? Remember Chucky, Chucky v? v? I don't remember Chucky V. I remember Chucky One, the uh, the doll. <laughs> I think there was a Chucky V with huge spikes. Wasn't that something? I think you're thinking alfalfa. Shelby, could you Google that? I think there was a guy named Chucky V, <laughs> and he had big, spiky horn hair, and he was like the face of X Games, like the first year, and he did a backflip or some shit. I think. I might be completely uh, attracted to my father, but I'm, I, I'm not sure. 
<laughs> I remember the uh, there was one black guy with dreadlocks, sway or swivel or swastika, <laughs> something like that. But he was big. Samsonite. But, but what's that? I said Samsonite. <laughs> Slippy, slappy. Uh, I was way off. But yeah, yeah. I do. I watched every every second of those X Games because, you know, as a 14-year-old, you're, you're waking up with a boner. You're coming in your own pants. You're fucking your cousins. You need a little release. Yeah, and I, I remember I wanted to be in on the ground floor of something historic. Like, I thought Ooh. it was going to be like the, um, the Olympics. I was like, this is going to be amazing. And I'm watching the first one. I'll tell my grandkids someday that yeah. I blew Chucky e. V when I was nine. <laughs> but um, See, that's what's great about you. I always say it. One of your biggest attributes, flaw, features, perks. What, what's the word here? Qualities? Sure, I'll take qualities. I, I mean, right. I don't know what you're going to say. I might have to change my mind. One of your best qualities is you can really step back. Ironically, you step back for a, for a cracker, and you see the whole picture. I never, I was a 13-year-old cum guzzler. I never thought I'm in for something historic. I was like, oh, these guys are ripping it up in jean shorts. This is badass. But you could see this was a big thing. You could well, always I, see the big pick. I appreciate it. I try to see the big pick. You know, I love a big pick, you know, Spartacus and Ben-Hur and everything. But sure, I'm also wrong a lot because X Games, nobody gives a shit. Chucky e. V is not even a real person and nobody cares about X Games. But they are still going on, I think. I think those still happen. I think they are. It's four guys in a, in a on a bleacher going, woo, a little pennant, you know. But I, I, I don't think it's as big as it was. We had the Warp Tour and... Blink-182 would, uh, you know, jizz on everybody, and it was a whole thing, but I don't think it's what it used to be, for sure. Yeah, I guess I guess not, but but thank you. Yeah, I try to be a real... Oh, here's Shelby with the Chucky e. V oh, news. What do you got, Shelbo? Here's an image. Is that him, Shelby? Is that Chucky e. V? Look at this. I think that's it. Oh, wow. I've never, I've never seen this gay porn star in my life. Who the hell is that guy? He's ripped. I think that's it. He also looks like uh, the bad guy in Roger Rabbit. Uh, yeah, he looks like a like a background guy in Demolition Man. <laughs> but yeah, I remember him. It was a big push. Do you remember this too? Dan versus Dave, the 92 Olympics. No, no. Is that a special Olympics? That was it was these two guys. They 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 were sponsored by Reebok and they were the American decathlon people. And it was like, who do you like, Dan or Dave? Dan mm. versus Dave. And then one of them didn't make the team. Like he Ooh. just, it was like a million dollar, uh, what do you call it, uh, campaign. And then the mm. one guy just, he stunk, laid an egg and, and missed the Olympics. No, I don't remember that. I, I, I never followed it that closely. See, you're more of an Americana guy. You get in there with the, with the Olympics and the, the, the baseball and the sports <laughs> and the whole thing. Rah, rah, rah. I was, uh, I was on the edge. I, I do remember the little lesbian lady who did the backflips with the short haircut. Carrie Strug. No, the other one. She had three names, uh, Helen Keller, Nowitzki, something. She was real wide-bodied and stocky. Dominic Mucciano? Wow. No, no. Mary Lou Heller? Mary Lou Retton? No, she was from like the 70s, I think. Oh, <laughs> maybe I was watching it back then. I, I remember her. That was Dorothy Hamill, too. That was the skater. Yes, the skating got big. Remember with the Tanya Hardings and the Kerrigans and the, the Asian gal, Michelle Swan? Chris, yeah, Michelle Quam. I think with an M or an N. I can't remember. I think it's an N. 
Let's go M just to be safe. All right. Uh, <laughs> um, that was supposed to be an N-word joke, but I don't know if it played. Oh. But <laughs> oh, I got it. And then there was Christy Yamaguchi. She was like thicker was Michelle big. Kwam. Yeah. And then there was the gay guy with the backflip that you always talk about, Buddy Scott, Flip. Scott Hamilton, which I, I feel Hammy. there's nothing I'm more upset about, sad about. It, it keeps me up at night as we met a Tuesday, and he said, hey, I met Scott Hamilton. I told him to listen to your podcast. And the whole time we were talking about if he's gay, if he's not gay, he's <laughs> ugly, he's bald. It was oh. horrible. And then I met the guy. I met oh. Scott Hamilton. Where'd and you meet I him? Just, at a rest stop? No. <laughs> at a, uh, I did a triple toe touch <laughs> under the stall. <laughs> no, I did a corporate in Nashville. He was there. And the whole time, all I could think was this guy listened to us say whatever we say. And plus... There's no way he just went to the minute we were we started talking about him. He probably listened to the whole intro, and I was talking about eating out my sister's ass, and you were talking about fucking your dad. Yeah, the standard. And he probably hates us, but I love him so much. So some Tuesday tried to like help us out and, and reach Scott Hamilton, but I think he forever hates us, and hopefully he doesn't think we're bad people. No, I love you, Hammy. I mean, you're a, you're a national treasure. I could never do a skate flip anything so god bless you you're doing the lord's work and we don't even give a shit if you're gay straight or trans or uh you know a him her she's her or whatever just keep rocking in the free world there <laughs> hammy what i love about hamilton by the way he's really embraces the horseshoe bald he just yes. lives it he's uh, he's horseshoe and that's it nobody embraces the horseshoe anymore i i gotta say i'm with you i love a horseshoe and a whore's shoe. They, they, they're very, you know, pumpy. But my friend's dad, Scott, growing up, had a wicked horseshoe. I wanted to throw him to a spike and make a woo-woo-woo. I mean, this thing, I mean, it was so perfect. And he had the curls, like a Larry David. It was a beauty. I remember hearing a story. There was this. It was a, a guy, a, a woman I worked with, and her husband was like a little guy, a little shit. And she was a tough broad. She was like a real, like... Uh, Everyone was afraid of her. She was like, fuck you. I'll cut your dick off, you piece of shit. One of those ladies, you know, Boston. Uh, yeah. And her husband was was like smaller than her and classic horseshoe, just had the horseshoe, whatever. And everyone was like, oh, she wears the pants in this family, that kind of thing. Yeah. And then one time I was at a wedding with them and uh, she was like, hey, I forget the guy's name. Hey, Bill, tell the story about the time the guy called me a slut. And he's like, oh, that's nothing. Yeah. Someone called her a slut and... uh I smashed his head into the ice machine. Then I opened it. And I was slamming the ice machine door on his face like like Pesci in Raging Bull. Yeah. And he was this little shit horseshoe ball. And he was like, hey, he disrespected my wife. What are you going to do? And everyone was like, oh, my God, this is great. Because he looked like Scott Hamilton. Wow. But he bashed some fucking guy's temple in with the ice tray. Holy hell. They see, that's the thing about the bald stuff. Everybody's like, oh, bald guy. What a loser. What a wuss. Bald actually means you have more testosterone. You have so much testosterone that your hair said, fuck this guy. He's a tough shit. I'm out of here. And we look at it as like, oh, look at this douche with the baldy, shiny uh, chrome dome pew ball over here. It actually means you have more testosterone. No kidding. I never knew that. That's that's something. That's why you take your finasteride and all that shit and uh, your, your, your propecia, it fucks with your testosterone and lowers it a little bit. That's why you can't get a boner on it. No kidding. Wow, I yeah. had no idea. 
little science lesson. By the way, speaking of science, I talked to Dr. Steve today. We had a nice chat on the horn. He just oh took the vaccine. Really? Yeah, he just swallowed it down. You know, he ate it with some jizz and a spoon and said he loved it. It tasted good, and he was a little woozy, but he's like, he's in the hospital all day. He's he was calling me on his lunch break. He's eating a PB&J, talking to me in a lab coat, and... Uh, He's loving it. He's like, I'm 95% foolproof. I can go blow a guy with corona and make out with him. He can queef on me, and I'm good. No kidding, because I'm getting topsy-turvy mixed messages. Because some people, I'm talking to my uncle. He's a firefighter, and not a, he's not some QAnon quack job. He's like, no, thank you. No vaccine for me. Not the first round. And I'm like, it's not just people, the tinfoil hat people. This is, this is everyone I talk to is like, no way. I'm not touching that. If it's FDA approved, stick that thing right up my ass. If they shot it through the eye, I'll take it. Same. Here, here. Bring it on, fatty. I'm, I'm with you. But he said he feels like a superhero. He's walking around the ICU high-fiving, you know, cadavers. And he's got no mask on. He's got no pants on. He's, you know, he's living it up. So how did he get? Because he's a frontline douche. Frontline douche, uh, an FLD, and he's just walking up and down. He works at a hospital every day. He's uh, like the head of his field in, you know, anal cavities, and he uh, he got it. He said, I'll take it. No one else would take it. He's 65. He's like, yeah, hand it over. Well, I mean, I don't want to go deep into COVID here, and I'll, I'll get a million messages calling me a fucking idiot, but they, they, they did 22,000 tests. That, that's not nothing. I mean, that's more tickets than I sell at a comedy club. 22,000 yeah, so. 22, people, and it's 95% effective, whatever. I, give that thing to me. I want my life back. I don't want to be nervous. And, and by the way, COVID sweeping across the New York comedy scene right now. Yeah, we don't want to name names, but uh, it's hitting a lot of heavy hitters and a couple of hacks. Yeah, a lot of hacks and uh, a couple of good ones. You will see. Hopefully, uh, I don't know. But one one of the people I was with the night before, I was talking to the day before the whole thing. So, and a couple were like hospitalized and shit. So, hopefully, everyone survives, and you know, we all get to see a pair of tits soon. Yeah, apparently this thing is real. Who knew? I thought it was like the Holocaust, just a big old hoax. <laughs> but hey, speaking of uh, boners, I got to bring this up there, sloppy jalopy, please. Love the Blue Chew. Tuesdays of Stories brought to you by Blue Chew. First chewable dick pill while we're all stuck at home with some, what's something we can all use a little more of? Human contact. You got that right. But also, sweet, sweet lovemaking. It's a stress reliever with Blue Chew. You'll keep your loved one at a healthy distance, six inches away on a good day. <laughs> I love Blue Chew. I, uh, I I did it for a while. I was obsessed with it. It tastes good. It feels good. I think it adds like an extra inch, so I was at about three and a half. And man, that thing, it's like a teenage boner. It's rock hard. It's ready to go. That's the beauty of these this science is like you take a, a Blue Chew, and then you don't get a boner. It's not like you take it and get a boner right away. You take it, and then you start making out with your, your main squeeze, and then it just goes, aha, I see what's going on here. Boner time. And you can always rely on it. You never worry. You never have that thing in the back of your head like, what if it doesn't get hard? Ah, then you're doing the whole thing like, all right, blow me a little. Uh, put it up my ass a little. You know, finger my balls, whatever. It always goes. It's always there. Love it. And uh, you got to get on it. Blue Chew is the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. Take it anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. 
And you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. It's fast and easy. Get it prescribed online by licensed physicians so you don't have to go to a doctor's office or wait in line at the pharmacy like some chooch. Ships right to your door in a discreet package. And uh, after you chew the blue chew, your package will be anything but discreet. Made in the U.S. too, folks. Ships direct, and they're cheaper than a pharmacy. What do you got, JoJo? Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our special promo code TUESDAYS. Just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-Chew.com, promo code TUESDAYS to try it free. BlueChew.com, finally a website that can give you an erection. And... uh, it's not you can't just have an erection. You're gonna have to get laid. Someone has to be willing to have sex with you. True. And I recommend smelling your best. Tuesdays with stories is also brought to you by Native Deodorant. With the holiday season right around the corner, we're all getting into the spirit by indulging in the sights and sounds and scents of the season. That makes sense. Mm. <laughs> One thing I made sure to do was update my native collection with their new candy cane holiday scent. We mentioned it before. They sent us some of this stuff. It's awesome. Fits perfectly in a, in a stocking, by the way. It smells amazing. My wife and I are both using it. It keeps you from sweating. It smells like little candy canes. It's fantastic. It's, a, uh, it's an all-natural deodorant that is safe and effective, and it is the perfect addition to your daily routine this holiday season. It's up in my medicine cabinet. I use it every morning. I really do. I'm not just saying that. Native deodorants don't just block odor better. They're made better. Native has ingredients you've heard of, like coconut oil and shea butter. It is also vegan for all you v- vegan Tuesdays. There can't be many of them. And never tested on animals. Same here. I'm not tested on animals. I don't know what that means. Tell them how to get it, Mark. You got it. Give the gift of Native by going to nativedo.com slash Tuesdays or use promo code Tuesdays at checkout and get 20% off your first order. Nice. That's N-A-T-I-V-E-D-E-O.com. Make sure you order before December 7th to get your products in time for the big Xmas. You got to have a gift, folks. That's nativedeo.com slash Tuesdays, or use promo code Tuesdays, native deodorant. Take care of your bud. And, and <clears throat> speaking of Christmas gifts, get get to Tee Public, T-E-E Public. We got a whole barrel, a mountain of new merch. It's all set up. This is our best merch yet. All kinds of designs designed by you, the listener. And this is top quality stuff. And if you order this week, you'll get it before Christmas. Makes a great gift for all the Tuesdays and the family. And get some of this stuff and spread it around. Wear it. Post a photo. Tag us. Hashtag Tuesdays with Stories on Instagram and Twitter. And uh, really spread it around. Use it as a cum rag. Whatever you're going to do. Get the word out there. Because we feel like well, there's a lot of the podcasts blowing up, and, and why not us, I say? That's what the 04 Red Sox said, and they won the goddamn World Series. So let's get on it. Why not us? Spread the word. Spread the uh, ass cheeks and, and eat some cum. <laughs> here, here. They're the best-looking shirts we've had yet. They were designed by fellow Tuesdays, so we, we know what you want, and there's a lot of creative gays out there. These kids can scribble, baby. And uh, I got a couple shirts on the way, and I cannot wait to, to show them off. And uh, I'm making a vow right here. I don't know about, I don't want to speak for you there, Chunky, 
But if you tag me in, a, in your shirt, I will repost it on Instagram. So tag away, and I'll repost. So let's uh, let's have a holiday jizz. Tag and post. And speaking of holidays, how, <clears throat> I hope you had a safe and happy Thanksgiving. I'm back. I got, I'll tell you what I got right now. The Monday back from a vacation blues. Yeah, not to mention it's uh, miscarriaging outside. It's fucking nightmare out there. Oh, nasty. I went to get my morning bagel at Lots of Bagels, Broadway in Astoria, and my, my bag ripped. One of the bagels fell out. I, my, my umbrella was upside down. You know the upside down umbrella? Ah. And the rain sucks because I go to get a coffee, a tea, and a bagel, and so it takes each hand, plus you got your morning podcast going. I don't have enough hand. I'm balancing right. my phone on my dick. I got the umbrella up my ass. The wind's blowing it over. Brutal morning, and so I got, I got the funkies right now, the Monday funkies. Here, here. No, I'm with you. I'm, I'm, I'm with you. It's no good. I went and did a couple of pull-ups on some scaffolding like a like a meathead, and I'm just getting rained on while exercising, which feels like a, a cum shot from God. He's just called me a pussy, and he's like my personal trainer. Uh, brutal. So, yeah, I'm with you. It stinks, and it's COVID, and it's Christmas, and it's cold. The whole thing sucks. Plus, we were just with our parents, giving a, getting a breastfeed going, sitting on laps, you know, rubbing noses, drinking eggnog, and now we're back here. Yeah, it's a weird, weird time, and and you do this. I mean, I don't, I don't want to act like I'm a perfect guy here, but we go up for Thanksgiving, and I, I'm the devil. I'm going to see my parents. The whole thing. Same. And there's like eleven of us. We're in the backyard. We get a fire going. It was like fifty degrees, so we said, "Let's light a fire. We'll be in the backyard. Safety first. We sit around the fire for about five hours. We got some good wow. tunes going, and and we're you know we're we're everyone's drinking beers. I'm you know staring at the fire, whatever. And then after about five hours, it's about, you know, eight o'clock, you just naturally go, all right, we put in enough safe time. Let's get in the house and have some fun. <laughs> I mean, we act, I act like, well, we were outside for long enough. COVID probably said, hey, they're taking it serious. Right, they're fine. Right. And then you go inside and you, we got 11 of us, you know, having a big party. We got some game where you throw, remember the game Connect Four? Oh, Yeah. Well, this is Connect Four, but with ping pong balls, and you got to bounce them into the Connect Four thing. Ah! It's the most fun I've ever had in my whole life. We have a big tournament. I drew out brackets, and and it's a whole situation. We had music blasting. We're throwing ping pong balls everywhere. Everyone's like, "You lost, you fucking fag, you piece of shit. Blow me, suck my dick, Dad." I mean, we go full crazy, and it was a great time. But I, I think we're all gonna die, you know, sometime this week. Well, wait. Do you lay the board flat? So there's a pool. So this is the way it works. It's it's designed for this. This is the game. It's not like we made. We, we didn't take like a, a a Connect Four board. Oh oh, I thought you got a board. It's called Bounce Off. So it's like a Connect Four situation with a little ramp and a backboard. Uh huh. So you, you you bounce it in, and my parents have a pool table because you know we're uh, we're classy, and so. <laughs> You bounce it off the pool table and up and into the thing, and and people are pretty good. Some people suck. Uh, you know, Aunt Betty blows, but everyone else can really get in there and, and play. It gets pretty fun and heated, and everyone's screaming at each other and fuck oh. you, and it's wild. See, that's the key because I sit there with my mom and dad. They're staring at me, waiting for me to do a tap dance and a jig, and I'm going, "Hey, how about you bring some heat, uh, Normans?" And it's a nightmare, but you got to have a, a, an activity or a, a focal point. That's the key to a family outing, or else you just start doing heroin and blowing each other. It, it never works out. Oh, we're all games. My family, when we're playing games, it's, it's a good old-fashioned Christmas. I mean, everyone's screaming and laughing, having a good time. 
the games end, and we just sit there in dead silence staring at each other. Yes. And you just pray that someone leaves so we can all shit on them. That's all there is. It's either <laughs> shitting on a person not there or it's playing games. So it's quite, quite enjoyable. Then there's this other game called Joking Hazard. Ooh. Which I got to get a copy for myself, and maybe you and your dame could come over here and we could do a double joke night because you, you write jokes. It's pretty fun. It's a fun game. Yeah, but you, your grandma, she's, she's not funny. She's a woman. Well, how's, this, how's that going to work? This is what it is. I mean, Joking. she's dead, which is pretty funny. But so what <laughs> it is is it's – did you ever play uh, – oh, fuck. What's this game called? Uh, uh, Cards Against Humanity? Oh, I hate, I hate that game. Well, it's like that, but this Uh-oh. is filthy. It's a, it's a cartoon, and it says, hey, it's like two little cartoon guys, and one says, yeah, suck my dick, you fucking douche. And the other one says, why don't you kill yourself? And so it's really uh, irreverent, and then you got to make the best joke. So it's pretty fun. Okay, okay, you're making a joke. All right. The other one, I hate cards because unfunny people think that game is funny, and they're like, ah, it says fart knocker. Wah! And you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hand me the tequila skank. Well, this one, there's a few blank cards you can write your own thing in. That you can put you know, the N-word in there, whatever you want to do, whatever kind of family you have. Sure. But... It's, so it's pretty fun, and it's a little bit of that, but when you're with your family, you got to curb what That's enjoyment true. is. That's if true. You and, if you and me are hanging out, you know, we're pushing each other in the bushes, but you're hanging out with Uncle Harry, you got to have some, <laughs> you got to have something to make it livable. I get it. I get Uncle Harry's, uh, he's got nothing going on. He's dead inside. So yeah, I get it. But the games is key, man, because my parents, they light a candle, they put on NPR, they put on a, a, a pair of overalls, and it's it's a nightmare. It's just boredom, and, and you're talking about games. There's, there's mind games going on, and they're, do- they're doing passive-aggressive shit in front of the girlfriend, so she's like, what the hell's going on here? It's the, I, I go in the kitchen at my parents' house, and I go, all right, here we go. You know, it's like I left a fire. Then I got to go back. I'm like a fireman. Like, all right, I got to suit up and go back into the living room. Yeah, we have that. I take a lot of fake shits. I pretend I have IBS yes. just to go in the toilet. and, and Look at your you phone. Know, I look at In Touch Magazine for a couple minutes just to get a breather. <laughs> I, I hear you on that. Yeah, it's tough, but you got to do it. They'll be dead soon. I, I keep having visions of my parents dying, and it fucking makes me so sad. Do you ever get that? Um... I don't know. That's I mean, probably how you they, get hard. It's on my vision board, yeah. It's, but um, I don't know about dreams. I had a dream the other day that felt really real that's like too gay and personal. But I, I don't know about the death thing. I mean, I think about it actively sitting there, but I don't yeah. have the dreams. No, nah, yeah, not really. I don't visually see. I just think about it. And it bums me out, so I try to soak up the parental as much as you can. But it's it's almost like soaking up, you know, too much alcohol where you're like ah this is bad for me but yeah. i still got to do it i've done that i think i talked about that with the paul mccartney story where i just stared at his face as long as i could because i knew we were we were talking <laughs> and it was limited but i'll do that with like my aunt but you know that face is tough she's no beetle no no she's more of a, a locust but yeah <laughs> it's it's tough out there i did that with with jerry a few times i'm just like there he is Oh my god! And you just, you're like trying to extra absorb the whole feeling, so you never forget it. You never, never. It lives forever. Yeah, I have the opposite with Louis. I'm like, I'll listen, but I just can't look anymore. 
Nah, well, the pants are off. It's, that's a different story. But yeah, yeah. But yeah, I went to NOLA, did the whole thing uh, with the folks, with the girlfriend, the French Quarter, the food, the booze. You got to do it, blah, blah, blah. I got to tell you, I fall more in love with my city the older I get. Isn't that weird? Oh, yeah. I feel that. Well, you're further away from it. You're removed from it. And I think you have the introspection to say, thank God. When I'm driving up Starrow Drive or uh, the Mass Pike coming into Boston, I say, thank Christ I'm from here. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, because I met my brother in a park. And, I, you know, we're playing with my nieces. And he's, he's got two kids. We, we headlock. We punch each other in the balls and all this. And it's a great time. And I'm like, I never used this park. I was. I grew up here. I'm four minutes away from this park as a kid. Never went here. Never thought about it. Me and my gal, we got on those swans, like the paddle swan things that's on the lake. Never did that in a million years. Went to the Cafe Du Monde in the park, had a beignet and a coffee. I'm like, this park is beautiful. I walked by the amusement park. I'm like, oh, yeah, I went here a couple times. It's this adorable fucking kids amusement park with, like, the, the little roller coaster and everything. And it's it's classic uh, Rockwell. What's it? Norman. Rockwell. Bullshit. And I did all that. I'm like, I didn't take any of this in. I made fun of it. I, I took a shit on the walls and spit on the floor. And it's just beautiful. Yeah, I guess you, you get more uh, wisdom. Uh, Appreciative. Uh, grateful. Uh, gratitude. Yeah. Well, that's the thing, too, and we've talked about this before, is when people will go, oh, I don't, I don't want to go to the, uh, the, 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 the tourist attraction. Don't send me to the, oh, I want to go to the thing. And you're like, but the tourist is, that's why it's the tourist. It's yeah. the coolest part of the city. Right. So you go down there, you go to Bourbon Street, you're like, hey, this, I mean, Bourbon Street's a little much, but, you know, the French Quarter is, is so, it's spectacular. Cafe Du Monde, all that shit. And wherever you go, Boston, the Charles River, the Hat Shell, you know, Copley Square, whatever, New York, the Empire State Building, you're like, you want to see the part because that's why everyone's going to see it. It's spectacular. Yeah, and I, but I almost feel like, you know, your own city or my own city, it's like that friend, like New Orleans is this destination, bachelor party, weddings, uh, Mardi Gras, Jazz Fest, and people are like, I love New Orleans. And I'm like, yeah, I love it too. But it's almost like that friend of yours that you love, but you know all his flaws. So you're like, yeah, yeah I get that you like Willie. But if you knew all this other shit, you know, I lived with the guy for 10 years, all right? Yeah, he's a fun dude, but he also, you know, cries at night and keeps me up. Yeah, I know that feeling. I know that feeling well where people are like, oh, my God, you know that guy? And you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Don't, I know that guy. I know him too well. That's that's how I have with New Orleans. Like I I know him and he's fun. He'll 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 have a a beer with you, but uh, you know he'll also fuck your daughter or whatever. Yeah. So. No, no. I think I think everything. I always say. Um, I used to have this analogy when I was younger that for me the feeling of the city like Boston to me feels like family and New York feels like close friends. Yes. Where you love both, but one you chose. And one, similar to family, Boston, I'm like, it's great, and it's beautiful, and I love it, and I'd die for it, but if you get too close, you might get beat up for being gay. You know, it's a, it's uh -huh. a, little, it's a, it's a little rough around the edges. It's tougher, and there could be improvements. Yeah, and, and wow, same well with New York. said, Fatty. Yeah, it's, it's, it's tricky. It's a love and love-hate. It's like John Hughes uh, in Home Alone where he says, how you feel about your family is a complicated thing. I feel that way about your hometown. It's complicated. Yes. 
It's complicated. Yeah, we, we used to fuck. Now we don't. It's weird. But I still have love for it. But I, I go back and I see it for what it is because I get to step back and it's a, it's a... The sun was setting over the Bayou St. John. We had a beer in my hand. I was... It hit me. It was, it was a little much. But uh, here's the clinker, though. Had a show at the, the Broadside, which is like this theater they've turned into an outdoor thing now with COVID. And so my brother's like, I live two blocks away from there. I'll come. I said, great. It's sold out. It looks. I look like a cool guy. I'm at a sellout show. I got my, my lady does a few minutes. She opens. That was fun. And, you know, it's all these local New Orleanians, my people, my townsmen that I grew up with. And I fucking died in front of my brother. It was a, He's in the front row. He's got a blazer on. He's looking at his kid, bro. I, I had him for like the first 20. The first 20 I'm killing. And I just looked down at him. It was the pilot was in the audience. I lost it. I couldn't. I couldn't hang. And you know we're doing. A, I'm doing a new hour after Out to Lunch came out, so it's still a little rickety and rockety. And I had no real ending. And then I had one of those endings where I was like, "Well, I guess. Uh, guess we're about done here." And then one guy kind of does this, and then they're all like, "Oh, okay." Now they're all. Clear. I'm like, "Oh, that wasn't supposed to be the end." Ah, I. I just on my own feet instead of her face. Uh, I've done that. I, I've jizzed on my own feet. Um, I I know the feeling. It sucks. I, I guess maybe it wasn't as bad as you think, but people say that, but you're like, it doesn't matter because the feeling is what I'm talking about. The feeling is brutal, and, you know, comedy is such a flimsy thing. It's an art form, and we're a bunch of artists, queefs, and all this shit. We moved to New York to do this and that, and I had them for, like, 20 minutes. I was rocking, baby, and I was like, hey, w- welcome to... to comedy town chooch you know but and he was like oh look at this my brother's killing and then the ending was just (laughs) and you know when you got your family there or there's some kind of thing happening or you're on a tv taping the brain is just gone like there's no looseness there's no i can't find anything i just couldn't think of one funny thing to say then you start getting extra dirty because you're like i'm just trying to get a laugh and that gets weird because you're like just the filthy guy who's not really killing ah it was brutal yeah that that sucks that's rough especially with the brother and the hometown bomb is is rough i've been there i've had it it's a bad feeling and I hate that feeling. I've had it a few times. I did shows this weekend, and we're not sharp because I'm not doing a ton yes, of shows. So no you have sharp. Those, those moments where you're like, I know there's one more line to this joke, and I just... Exactly. Ah, I can't think of it. I'm sorry. And you, you feel so bad because there's this weird thing, and I was talking about this this weekend in the green room with, with comics, where you're like, you want to... You're trying to work out and, and figure the act out because you're not doing a ton of sets and it's COVID, so everything's weird. But also, these people paid money and they're risking yeah. their lives, but you're like, yeah. I just don't know my act that well. So you kind of have to be like, you got to meet me halfway. Some of this might stink. I might have to look at my phone a couple times. I'm sorry. But I think you got to take solace in that people, they, they get it, they understand, and they're just happy to see you. But you feel, what it is too, is you feel much more pressure. The more you sell tickets, the more stressful it is, the more pressure it is. Yeah, completely. And then like this hot shot from New York's coming down. This should be a good show. And then when it when it tapers, it's you feel like you let them down a little bit, and then they leave, kind of like it was good. But then it ended. We I don't know. I'm overthinking it. But I did a show a couple nights later, and it was great. And it did a Q and A at the end, which feels so cool. People are like, "How's the Beamer? What's List up to?" 
Queef, you know, so that's fun. So we we, we, we redeemed ourselves, but uh, boy, you don't want to bomb in front of family. And my mom said, should I? Should we go? And I remember being like, ah, it's sold out. And I'm so glad they didn't go. Yeah, my parents didn't come because of COVID and all that stuff. And they said, ah, we better not. And it's, it's a relief because you're just, you know, I love my parents, obviously. And I, I appreciate their support, but it, it's just less stress. And of course, Sarah's traveling. She's on the show too, so she doesn't want to perform in front of her in-laws, you know. Oh, she's talking about my, my dick is tiny and my asshole's loose and I'm gay, so she doesn't want to do that in front of my parents because that's what, you know, they hate that shit. So, uh, yeah, just comedy's such a weird thing because I guess it's like sports. You know, you watch these sports documentary, the yips, where the pitcher's like, I just couldn't get the ball to go right. I don't know why I've been pitching for thirty years, and it's the same with you. I'm just up on that stage going. I am completely empty in here. This is blank. I cannot find anything. And then you're on a show in Weehawken with eight people in the room, and you're zinging and zanging. Yeah, it's hard. And it's like we talk about with specials and albums. You never get it just right. Yes. There's always a show. It's always a fucking Wednesday at the Omaha Funny Bone that you're like, I wish everybody could see this show. Right. This one, I was great. Of course, then you even listen to that show, and you're like, this isn't so great. <laughs> so, yeah. I well, don't know. We should kill ourselves. Well, what did you? How was uh? How was the mass? The Bean Town. Well, I got to tell you about that a little bit, but first I want to tell you because I, I I talked about this a couple weeks ago, the idea of going to the Standard Hotel, the High Line, uh, staycation, and fucking oh. in the window, and we went for it. You know what I mean? I Ooh. had the idea and I said I'm doing it. I'm not just going to talk about it. So I went on to Hotels.com. Got us a room at the Standard Hotel here in New York, which is a like a small chain of hotels. There's one in downtown L.A. That's where I stayed when we did the Netflix thing. And that one's crazy because there's homeless people all over the place. But it's like a hipster hotel. It's very strange. Very strange. It's it's cutesy, tootsy, artsy, fartsy in there. But yeah, outside, it looks like a, what do you, what do you call that? A, not murderer's row. Oh, uh, Skid Row. Skid Row. Where, where do they get that Skid Row? You know, I just read the Wikipedia. Do you find this as you get older? I don't retain information anymore. Mm. I was like, what's the origin of Skid Row? I read the whole Wikipedia. I got nothing. Come I on! I can picture that it, it's way back. It's from way, way back. And there's like they have like, here's some examples of Skid Rows. And, you know, now it's like most synonymous with L.A., of course. But it goes way back to like the Depression, I think. Maybe earlier than that. Mm. I think it's Depression, maybe. You just I can't think, retain. <laughs> you retain water. It, you, you just think skid mark or skid. It's like a it's a bad blemish on the street, and it kind of works. It sounds right. It's like an onomatopoeia, skid mark or skid row. Don't you hate that feeling? I, I read books, and I'm like, that book was great. I loved it. And people are like, well, what's happened with the thing? And I'm like, I don't know. I don't yeah. know what happened. I gave up reading. I can't retain any of it. I, I feel the same way. Maybe it's podcast. Maybe we just put something right in our ear, and we're just used to that. But then you read now, and it just goes right out. Well, you get older. I mean, I was thinking about this. I was talking to Sarah about this. We were driving up, and I got the XM radio on, and, and Good Lovin' comes on. Good Lovin'. Do, 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 do. And I'm singing every word. I know every single word, and I'm like, yeah. I haven't heard this song in 20 years. I never owned the album. It's just lodged back there. Yep. And I, that's back there. But I read, Tony V has a great joke about it. Great comic from Boston. And he says, you know, people tell him directions. Of, he's like, I'm sorry, I got Bon Jovi lyrics up here that just aren't going anywhere. So <laughs> you can tell me whatever you want. I'm just not going to remember it. Because you got Jovi lyrics from 84 jammed in there. 
I know, but I think when it's on a rhythm, you remember. That's why you remember the ABCs. That's 26 random letters in a certain wacky order. But you go, A, B, and you got it. Boom. The rhythm. Yeah, it's repetition. Because I think that every once in a while we'll go out for an acting thing. Almost never, but whatever. But you think about how do these guys remember every line? There's three-hour movies where one guy's in every scene. Yeah. But we're able to... I know every line to Goodfellas because it's just repetitive. I, I've seen it so many times. I could type the script to Goodfellas without a right. blemish. Yeah, and it's also funny because, you know, our act is an hour, and then you always get some Tom, Dick, or Anal coming up to you going, how the hell do you remember all that shit? And you go, I wrote it. That's how I remember it. And I've said it 8,000 times on 3 million shows. Yeah, exactly. So any tits, uh-huh. I don't even know I could have started on that. Remembering. Oh, you got no receipt. You don't retain. Oh, you Skid didn't retain Row. just then. We started with the standard. Then we went to Skid Row. Then I read Wikipedia. Then we went off on that tangent. But anyways, I booked the room at the standard, 170 bucks with tax. And I got a high up floor. I was like, give me the highest floor you got. 17th floor. It's above the high line, which is this beautiful, long stretch of a park. On the west side, right on the on the Hudson River, and we go there, and it's a sex hotel. That's where it was all the exhibitionists would go and, and, and have sex in the window. We talked about it a couple of weeks ago. I think that's settled down a little bit, but it's still very sexy. It's dark in there, and there's all weirdo lighting and lamps and vel- felt velvet couches or felt. I can't remember which one's which. Either way, somebody got felt up. Velveeta, it, we will, we go in there, and the lady's all sexy. She's got tattoos and a tight Ooh-wee. skirt, and she's like, you guys staying here? We're like, yeah, I want to go fuck in the window. Give me the key. Yes. And you go in the elevator. The elevator, it's pitch black, and there's this kooky movie playing on the, on the wall. So you're in this dark elevator with like a wacky movie playing. It's super wow. sexy and weird, and the room is big. It's a big room for Manhattan. And the bed is low. It's just like a, a, a cushion on the floor. Oh, the TV's yeah. on the floor. The window is floor to ceiling, all the way across. Huge view of downtown, Jersey City, the whole thing. And we got a little wraparound couch in the room. The shower has a bathtub in it. And there's a window to the, from the, the, uh, the living room area, or whatever they call it, where the bedroom is, into the shower. So you can lay in bed and watch your partner shower. Wow, the Weinstein. I mean, it is a sex hotel, and we did some fucking, and I, I put my dick up against the window. I threw cum at the window like multiple migs. I mean, it was <laughs> exciting. <laughs> but then you finish fucking and showering, and you're like, all right, now what do we do? Everything's closed. So we walked down in your neck of the way. We went down to the, the cellar and had dinner. Louie and, and Griffin met up and Liz, and we all we wore our masks. We sat inside. We told some stories, had some yarns. I picked up magnolia cupcakes and banana pudding for everybody. I was like a, I was like a king in there. I tossed out cupcakes to the staff and to everybody. Banana pudding. That's their big thing. I, I don't have the banana pudding, but everyone talks about the banana pudding at, uh, what's the place called again? Magnolia? Magnolia, yeah. And... I- they love it. Uh, I can't think of a worse combination of things, except for like jizz and anal. I don't know. That magnolia, banana pudding. Come on. What are we doing to ourselves? We got all these options for pudding. Give me a chocolate or a, a tapioca. I'm not a fan either, but I'm glad you're saying this because I felt like an asshole because everyone's having that pudding. It, the staff, everyone's sharing spoons. It, it was a whole situation, but I, I stuck with the cupcakes. But Yeah, that sounds like something that comes out of a, a monkey's asshole. 
Well, it was a beautiful night. We went back, and I can't recommend a staycation enough. That these hotel, it's such a sexy hotel, and, and you're up over the the whole city, way up in the the sky, and really, really loved it. Highly recommend. All right. Woo, that sounds nice. What a nice little trip, but it didn't feel weird. Like, all right, now we'll go to this place we've been to 16,000 times. Well, it was a little weird because you're just like, well, what else are we going to do? That, that part's a little strange. I did have the moment. Do you have this where you do something and then in the middle of it, you're like, what am I doing? Am I an asshole? Does everyone think I'm a fucking idiot? Because oh, that's why we I can't smoke out, weed. We go, we go out, we go, we have sex in the hotel. It's beautiful. We take our photos. We, we snuggle up. We take a sexy shower. We walk down. We get Magnolia cupcakes. We meet up with some friends. We eat dinner. And then you're like, I could just go home right now. I live yeah. a half hour from here. We're going to a hotel. What are we doing? Uh, <laughs> but but it's, the, it's the idea. Oh, yeah. And it was nice to wake up in Manhattan the next day. We went and got coffee. We walked around. And I'll tell you what, we might do it for two or three days just to live Ooh. like rich Manhattanites for a few days. Good for you, Fatty. You earned it. I mean, that's what life's all about. I mean, do we need to go home for Thanksgiving? Do we need to have a turkey? Do we need to blow our children? Do we need to have lights on the tree and all that shit? No, of course not. But you do it, and it's fun, and it's magical, and it's it's tradition. Uh, by the way, sorry, I forgot. We have one other thing we got to do. We almost Ooh. forgot. I just bought Christmas lights. I got to tell you, and it felt great. Hey, all right. Maybe sorry, I'll get Jews. Some too. Anyways, it was a great trip. A lot of sex and fun. And then we headed up to Boston, and that was great. Great fun too. Like I said, played a lot of games, and uh, hopefully none of us have COVID. We'll see. But, uh, yeah, just a great, great weekend, and I uh, hope everyone out there is, is safe and, uh, and alive. It's getting crazy out there. We're having, I heard, 65 deaths an hour or something like that. I know. COVID's like this weird thing where I, I lose faith in it. It's like my mom with me. You know, it's like, oh, he's nothing. He's going nowhere. Then you, you hear about, like, seven people getting in. You're like, all right, all right, all right. I got to go back to the mask and, you know, wash my hands for once in my life and see what's what. Yeah, the, oh, the hand washing, I just completely forgot about. I'm out on the hand washing. I haven't done that in a long time. Yeah, oh, yeah. Now, see, here's something you're better at, at than me. Like, you can really turn it off and relax. You can enjoy a concert. You can enjoy a, a, a trip. I was in New Orleans for 10 days, and even though I did a couple shows, I was climbing the walls. Just that rapid, you get up, you get a coffee, let's have lunch. Maybe I'll try to do a sit-up or two. Then you fuck. Then you get dinner. Then you see a movie. What should we do now? That shit eats my soul away. I, I lose it. So I had a flight back from New Orleans to Jersey, and I'm such a cunt. Right when I got to the airport, the, the lady, she was flying to Beantown to see her folks. I'm flying home to New York, and I immediately get excited. Like, ooh, I get to fly by myself and go straight to New York and do some shows, which is... A horrible way to live, you know? I'm like, I get to be alone and then do work. But right. I'm a psycho. Fly back to Newark. I'm texting with the guy at the New Orleans airport. He's like, by the way, the show's at 6.30. I'm like, oh, really? And uh, He's like, what time do you land? I'm like, I land at 5. And he's like, all right, well, it's an hour drive into Jersey, so we'll just pick you up from the airport. And I was like, nice. ah, that... Uh, don't you hate the, you want to get home from the airport and get home, you know, take a shit, floss, uh, change your socks a little bit, put some water in your ass, and then go out. Of course. Nothing worse than the, the I've never had an airport pickup from a vacation. 
No, so, that sounds awful. I land in Newark. The Raj picks me up. It's Raj Balani, funny guy. We drive out to some farm town in Jersey. We go to a place called Harper's Table. Indoors, crazy gig, uh, just like in a cottage kind of restaurant with a lot of wood and maple syrup and shit. And, you know, these are like good, clean, God-fearing folk. We did two shows. We ate great. We had some drinks. Great night. Nice. Yeah, then then you really finally get home after that, a two-hour drive back into the city. And then you're like, oh, you're pulling the bags out of the car. You're like, man, I, I worked. I did some work, and you feel good. Yeah, oh, yeah. By, by the way, I just want to say it's all balance because you're climbing up the walls on the vacation. I feel great on the trip. I'm turned off. But the problem is, and today I'm experiencing it, I get home, and I have all the five days I was gone anxiety – Hit me on this day. I'm like, right. I'm a piece of shit. What right. am I doing? I haven't looked at Twitter. I haven't written a joke. I, I, I recorded a set. I didn't even listen. My bits suck. I stink. Uh, Sam put out a special. I'm like, oh, my God. He has a special? I'm yeah. like, I've written three minutes of material, and two of them stink. I'm a piece of shit. I should hang myself. So I'm good at turning it off, but then when it comes back on again, it's at, it's at at eleven. It, yeah, it's, no. I want to I shoot myself in the face right now. I'm totally with you. I get the same feeling. It's a it's a nightmare, and that's that's why I have to. I'm so scared of that feeling that I have to dive back into two shows in the middle of a farm town in in New Jersey. Well, that's one of the hard the hardest things of of COVID for comedians is, and we're grateful to have any shows, but you in the old days, a year ago or whatever, eight months ago. You'd come back, you'd take a few days off, you'd feel like an asshole, you'd go to the cellar, and it would be packed, and all it takes is one cellar kill and a table hang, and you're like, I'm back. Are you yeah. shitting me? I could take yeah. a month off. I'm the fucking best there is, baby. Woo! But yeah. now, I take five days off. My first show is in a parking lot, and it's three people on bicycles going, ah. And exactly. you just you eat shit for a living now. Completely. And a bicycle, ha-ha, is a, is a highlight. Sometimes they're in a, in a Honda going toot-toot, and maybe you get the wipers. So, yeah, we'll take anything, and it takes, it takes eight shows to equal that one seller kill. Yeah, exactly. And I'm like, I got Philadelphia Helium January 7th through the 9th, and I can't wait because I just did two shows on Saturday in Foxborough. I got to thank all the gays that came out, a ton of Tuesdays. I had a bonus. I couldn't believe I had a Ooh, bonus. I uh, love a gay bonus. Which, by the way, there's two shows. One, I hit a bonus, and the other one, there was 14 people there. And I, I just ate a bag of cheese for 45 minutes. But And uh, it was a fun weekend, though, so thank you to all the Tuesdays that came out. Mindy Spring was there and uh, a few other people that we know. And I didn't get to meet and greet because we jumped in the bushes right afterwards because I was at my parents' house. Yeah, well, uh, the next night, so I get back on a Friday, do the two shows on a farm, go to bed, wake up at like 1 p.m., finally just got that that nap in that i needed and then you go do uh oh boy that's some rough do there Oof. but um you go do uh what's it called i go next day i have a show in amish country three hour drive into lancaster pa folks so raj picks me up again at three the gig's at seven or six thirty we hightail it out to lancaster i'm talking Stuck behind a buggy, Amish. This is the real deal. The big black hats, the horse, the, the fucking raise a barn thing, witness, all that shit, uh, kingpin, you name it. It's barrels and butter churning. It is out there, folks. 
So we're just watching these Amish people. We go to a uh, Sheets. You know what Sheets? No, it's Sheets. Sheets is like a Wawa or a Stuckies or a. There's a couple other ones. You know, it's like a road rest stop where it's like almost like a supermarket in there. You get your coffee. You can you can put an order in on the little screen. No, no kidding. I don't know Sheets. Sheets is big. Sheets with a Z. So uh, my opener was I saw a KKK guy at Wawa. Shouldn't he be at a Sheets? And uh, that got a boo. But uh, yeah, so. We we go into Sheets and it's you know it's a hot spot. There's a gas pump outside. It's a thing. We go in there and there's a bunch of Amish kids in oh the Sheets. No kidding. Are they allowed and I go, in there? I, Raj lives in Lancaster, so I go. What the hell's up with these uh, children of the corn here? You know they all got long, wispy blonde hair. They're all pale and they smell like fucking shit. These are <laughs> these people are dealing with horse manure and cow dung and and inbreeding. So I mean these people are on another. They're on another hill. These Amish folk, these Mennonites, and uh, I get in line with one of them. They're staring at me. They're just looking right at me. And I'm like, is this kid casting a spell on me? What's going on? Am I going to go to hell? What is this kid doing? So I get out of there. I was like, what the fuck was that? This 14-year-old kid was just staring at me. He's got weird bowl cut. He's got fucked up teeth and a, and a couple of whispers, whiskers. And he goes, uh, oh, yeah, they don't know social cues because they're fucking Amish. They don't have a TV. They don't have an iPad or a, you know, a dildo or anything. So I, I was blown away. And, and I'm like, well, what are they doing in the uh, the 7-Eleven? Shouldn't they be, you know, tilling a field or, or killing a goat or something? And he's like, oh, they're they're breaking the rules. They're teenagers. They're cutting loose. Wow. These are like Amish bandits. They sound kind of fun. I mean, they're kind of squirrely and all over the place. It's like deliverance out there. And the girls were all wearing these, like, gowns with the overalls and the pigtails. And I was like, oh, that's kind of fun. But the, the boys were a bunch of just sewer rat-looking fuckers. Now, were the Amish at the show? What's going on with the show? Was the show all right? The show was, it was Phantom Power. Oh, Phantom Power. I did that one. That's Amish, baby. It's all out there. Oh, all right. Oh, that sounds that sounds funner than what I did. I didn't see any Amish. I wish I stopped at Sheets. We stopped at some other thing, but it was more like rednecky, fucking, whatever. No offense. It was uh, a little like just like a, a decrepit old rest stop, but it wasn't a Sheets, I don't think. But I, I would have killed to see some Amish. I feel like would fit in with these Amish. Bad social cues, bad teeth, a couple whiskers. I mean, other than the haircut. I feel like I could be the leader of these guys. <laughs> I guess you got a point. And you like a little nature. You like to get out there and uh, use an axe, you know, whatever it is, body spray. So <laughs> we do two shows. First show is a little iffy, and uh, it's freezing out there. It's like 42 degrees, and the, the, I got my, my hand. I got no gloves or anything, and I'm trembling. And the guy's like, oh, I put a little barrel of fire on the stage. So you got your asshole hairs are singeing, you know, and then your fucking hands are freezing. So every, I do a punchline and have to go to the, to the fire. <laughs> I had to get some warmth. It was so cold. Everybody had blankets. And these are, you know, PA people. So they're, they're out in the cold all the time, so they can handle it. But I was blue. My nose was running. It was a horrible performance. I go in, and I, you know when you get cold, you just stand out in the cold for an hour? It's kind of traumatizing. Yeah. You know, so I had to, like, regroup, and I'm trying to sell merch. I couldn't use my hands because it was just not – I couldn't grab. I was like a claw at a, at a at a arcade. And, you know, some nice people. But then show number two, 
We got all prepared. Uh, the host, Audrey, she gave me some hand warmers and gloves. And I zipped up. I put the gloves on. Although you look like a, a T-Rex coming out there with your notes and everything. And you got your hot cider. I tried to put that on the stool. That spilled over. That was bad. I lost the notes. You can't pick it up with those fucking gloves. It was a whole thing, but... Tuesdays came out, hottest shows ever, fun time in the woods, middle of nowhere, you know, there's trees everywhere, and it's, it's fucking darkness, except for that show. Great venue, Greg's the man, made a bunch of Jew jokes, his wife's Jewish, she was cool with it, had a blast, drove back three hours, made it home at fucking 3.30 in the morning. Hell yeah, nice. Good gig, those are good people out there, and uh, glad at least one of them went well. 50% is, is good these days. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I'll take it. I'll take 50, especially when the last show is good because you can end on a high jizz. But uh, I had this one, and I tell me if you've had this, and if not, feel free to kick me in the balls, and I know we got to wrap up here. So we do the show. The second show just clicked. Like, I went dark, and they got it, and they stuck with me. And this kid comes up to me after, blonde kid, almost too blonde, where you could, like, see through his hair, and he had the blue eyes and the pale skin with a little rosy hue. And he goes, he leans in, he's like, man, what you're saying, boy, that shit resonates. That shit resonates with me. You know, this country's gone to hell, and, and what you're saying is really speaking to me, and I, and I wish I could say it when I don't have the balls, and I, I'm so angry. And I was like, ah, I, I, think, <laughs> I think you're the wrong guy. I don't know, I don't know if you got my message. And uh, his, his pupil, I think he was uh, hopped up on some Amish meth or something, but <laughs> this kid was spooky. Oh, God, that sounds terrifying. I know the spooky blonde. I'm familiar. I mean, up in Boston, we got spooky blondes with, like, yeah. red eyelashes and stuff, and they, you can just see their scalp because they're too weirdly blonde, pale. I, I'm familiar with spooky blonde, and it sounds – I'd listen back to make sure you're not sending some weird uh, signals out there to, yeah. the, you know, the, the, the proud gaze or whatever. Right. Have you, have you had that? Uh, I don't. We've had it a couple times with Tuesdays where people tweet and go, "You guys know what's up," and then they'll tweet <laughs> something else, and you're like, "What?" Um, yeah, but you know, we like to push it a little bit and get a little irreverent and sloppy. But uh, this kid, he 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 heard a message that I don't know if I was delivering, and boy, it it spooked me. Yeah, well, <laughs> be careful out there. You don't want a spooky blonde, uh, you know, raping his aunt in your name. Yeah, Spooky Blonde, by the way, a great brewery. It but does yeah, sound this, like a good IPA. Yeah, this kid was, uh, he was an inch away. He was licking my my facial hair. It was wild, but he was into something. Something something rubbed him the right way, and now we're dating. But it was wild, and, and we drove back. We had a great time, and it's funny because you see these, these horse and buggies, and you go, oh, that's quaint, and then you get behind one for six minutes. You go, these fucking assholes need some, some lights and electricity. Get this kid off the road. He's taking up my time. Yeah, I respect the uh, conviction. I feel the same way about Chick-fil-A being closed on Sundays. Yes. I, I respect it, and it's impressive to turn away that much money and convenience, but you're fucking me. I want some <laughs> buffalo chicken sauce uh, on a Sunday, and... God's fake, you nitwit. Come on, open up. Well, I got to say, though, they make a mean waffle fry, and they got to kill the gays on Sunday. They got to, I mean, that's their gay killing day. Chick-fil-A is amazing. I mean, I know they hate the minorities or whatever, but they they, they run so efficiently. I oh, love those yeah. waffle fries, and uh, 
I don't know. I, I, I love it. So apologies to all the gay gays out there, but uh, Chick-fil-A I, is fantastic. I think even a gay guy will admit, he's like, yeah, that Chick-fil-A, uh, I don't care about the, uh, the the Westboro Baptist Church. They make a solid chicken sandwich. Because <laughs> if he's going to be showing up at those pizzas from Pequino's, <laughs> might get a little ugly. Um, all right, we got to wrap noodle. this thing up. We're, yeah. we're at, this is a Springsteen show over here. We yes. gotta do it encores. It's, I mean, this is long, so we well, thank you we, guys. I hope we don't huh? play Atlantic City. Oh, jeez, oh, <laughs> <laughs> one of the worst takes of all time. But anyways, Woo-hoo-hoo. we gotta wrap it up, folks. <laughs> tpublic.com. is it? Tpublic.com? Tpublic. Tea party. Tpublic. Yeah, go, uh, Tpublicans. Go get some new shirts. Join the Patreon. We gotta do the uh, the live. Oh, Twitch, Twitter, whatever the fuck it's called. Yeah, let's I, I'm do starting that. to feel old, by the way. You're getting old, fatty. You, 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 you you're getting old. You don't <laughs> like Oreos? <laughs> it's like you're having sex. <laughs> uh, but anyways, join the Patreon and get a tea public. And I'll be in Philadelphia January 7th through the 9th, I think it is. Helium. Get those tickets because it's going to be limited seating. And uh, go watch the specials, uh, please, and, and do whatever. Subscribe to the YouTubes. Watch the specials. Stream the albums. Help us out. Support your local gay. Yeah, you're nipping on the heels of two mil there, Fatty. That's exciting. Oh, is that right? I haven't looked in a while because, uh, you know, it's. I try not to look at this. I'm trying to get off my phone. I, I've averaged 90 minutes on my phone last week. That's unbelievable, especially in, you know, family time. <laughs> you know, all you want to do is look at that phone. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying my best to uh, be better with it. So, uh, But uh, that's good news. So keep keep watching, keep spreading, and do the things. Do whatever. Be nice to each other. Here, here. Queer, queer. Have a beer. Spooky blonde. Good IPA. We'll see you next time. Queef it up. Praise Allah. Praise Allah.